Who's this? Oh, you're an entrepreneur? Oh, you're a real estate investor. Oh, you're trying to learn from those who did it. Well, come into the lab then. Put your white coat on, gloves on, notepad, and let's build y'all. Real estate experiment, what is happening, y'all? Today, we have Xander Cruz joining me on the other side. And I didn't get a chance to ask you this. I don't even know where you're dialing in from. My assumption is that it's in Maryland, Baltimore. Yeah, right downtown Baltimore. That's awesome. First of all, welcome to the lab. Got the lab coats on. We're ready to go. We're going to talk some real estate. But before I begin, I got to ask you this because I'm getting to know you behind the lens here. And I'm, I'm you know, obviously getting good amount of information. You know, I do my research. My team does the research. Sure. I'd like to know if, you know, when I, when I greet you and I meet you, you guys have an umbrella of expertise that you provide. So what do you say when you and I greet each other? It's like, hi, I'm Ruben. Hi, I'm Xander. How do you introduce yourself, man? Uh, well, I'll just keep it simple. I'll say I'm Xander with CR of Maryland. So locally, um, I humbly say most investors in the game know who we are. Um, but on a, on a national level, that would definitely not be the case. So uh, what is CR Maryland? Well, technically, we're a residential real estate investment company. Uh, now we heavily specialize in the turnkey space. Uh, we provide turnkey properties that we also we have renovated and now also manage. Um, but aside from that, you know, we, we still have our hand a little bit in the fix and flip business. Uh, and then we also have a, a, a decent size uh, wholesale operation going on as well. Um, and inside okay. of that turnkey space, we're also, uh, we, we have a bunch of rentals of our own. So we're, we, we've become one of the larger uh, landlords or property management teams in, in our community as well. Wow. So that's a lot. And as you can see in the in the lab, I'm taking notes. I got my notepad. I'm, I'm renting <laughs> like down. It. And and I took a note down. You say you manage too. So whenever I hear that, the the reason why we love real estate is it's just, there's so many facets of it, right? Yeah. Anytime I hear that someone is doing kind of like a turnkey operation where it's you know one stop shop, that's probably what I would call you guys. Which one came first? And before me, you not know before you answer that, I'm gonna turn on my sleep if I don't find out what the CR stands for. What does that stand for? Uh, okay, actually, it stands for my partner, who's, who's of course not here. Uh, it's his initials. His his name is Craig Rich. He, he's been investing since two thousand four, um, uh, and him and I started working together eight years ago. It wasn't a partnership in the beginning; it, it grew to a partnership level. Um, so, yeah, that that's where it started back in two thousand four, and then also when I met Craig, it was still strictly fix and flip. Uh, doing a, a lot of homes uh, straight buy, rehab, and, and resell to you know traditional home buyers. Um, that was the name of the game for a long time. So uh, our evolution started uh, oddly. It started with a flip that we were having trouble selling. Uh, so we said, well. Why don't we rent it? What will it rent for? Uh, so we looked at the numbers like, okay, this makes sense. Call the bank. Hey, what would a refi on this look like? Um, basically found out we could refi out of the deal and have no cash into it. So we're like, okay, this is a no brainer. So that was the start of our rental portfolio. Uh, but immediately we were hooked. We're like, we're onto something here. So if we can rehab homes and be in them for the right position financially uh, in terms of what they're worth and what our investment is, um, you know, we can, we can start building a pretty big portfolio. So that was the shift. So, so initially, and, and I want to 
because you're you, you dropped the gem there, and I want to make sure I, I, I capture that. So in, initially, Xander, it sounds like that wasn't the initial plan. It was out of a solution to a problem. Am I correct? That's one hundred percent correct. It, it, if anything, we stumbled into the rental business, and then we fell in love, and we're like, "Man, this is this is great." Because in fix and flip, there's don't get me wrong, it's a great avenue of the business too, but you're only as good as your last flip. And the day you stop buying homes, you basically go out of business. Once you sell what you have, you're, you're done just like that. So, you know, rentals, it's not like that. It's very long-term. You, you generate long-term cash flow. You own the properties until you sell them. And as long as you manage them properly, they're going to continue to, to give you good cash flow. So um, go ahead. No. Okay. So that's a great point. I'm glad you bring that up because, because there's a lot of different types of investors that we have stepping in, into the lab and, um, I think it's 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 important that we anchor this point down a little bit. You mentioned you're only as good as your last flip. Um, why do you think people get into flipping to begin with? Is it not more or less because of the large margins? Uh, and is it a means to an end? I guess, what, what are you finding? Or maybe when you and Craig were kind of putting down the game plan, what was the initial game plan with the flipping? Was it a means to an end? Or was it just, you know, how, we, how you guys pay your bills? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's how we pay our bills. Make you a... a good living. Um, and it was, uh, it was what we knew. We, we, we didn't know any better or, or know anything else. Um, and there's nothing wrong with fix and flip it. I think it, it becomes a question of what is your model and why, and, and why do you want to do this, this avenue of it? So for us, it, it made sense for a long time. Fix and flip was uh, paid the bills. It was very profitable. Um, in the, the, the timing worked where uh, as we jumped into the rental side of the business, that, the flipping market was getting more and more competitive. This is like 2014-ish. Um, so more and more people are getting in. Money's The market's getting hotter. Money's easy to borrow. Uh, HGTV is, is 24-7. Hot. And uh, it's, <laughs> it's hot. I mean, every, next thing you know, you know, for a while, we were the only guys doing it. And then all of a sudden, it's like everybody was doing it. So mm-hmm. um, we, we try to try to be ahead of the curve. But uh, we, we stayed in the game, but really pushed hard into the, the rental side. So... Um, that, that's the, the evolution there and quickly set out some pretty big goals to build a substantial portfolio. And then at the same time, build our property management t- department to take care of it. Um, okay. Cause so, I'm so not a property you, manager. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk about that, but you are a realtor and I want to circle back with that. Um, sure. So I guess the question that I have is, do you guys still flip today? And is there a reason to? It, we do a very, uh, well, I should say small scale, for our business. So uh, at our peak, we would flip over a hundred homes a year. Uh, this year we'll flip 10 to 12. Like we, we just do it more so because things just kind of sometimes fall in your lap, so to speak. Um, yeah. We don't actively seek it out, but every once in a while we, we end up with a really good deal that we like and we say, well, we'll just keep this one. Um, or maybe it's a personal referral and uh, we, we don't want to wholesale it. We want to just close on it and renovate it. So um, that is still a, a small a- avenue of our business. Okay, excellent. So, but it doesn't necessarily make sense or you, there's no real demand or need in your business to do flipping or is it more of, you know, you guys have really capitalized on, on the rental part of the business and now that's what you're running away with? Yeah, I mean, so uh, building the rental portfolio allowed us to stop flipping as our primary income. Um, and then at the same time, as we got into rentals and I'll say scaled down flipping, we also got heavier into wholesale again, because 
uh, of the competitive market, it also creates an opportunity for wholesale. Um, so w- we had all of that going on, um, but turnkey in a way combined all of this. And in, in a sense, turnkey is flipping, but it's not really flipping. It's, it's a different avenue. It's a different product. It's a, obviously a different exit strategy. So um, that was sort of the last stop in our evolution, which happened last year. Uh, we were reaching our intended goal and then also kind of a limit on how many rentals we personally own. And the, of course the capital tied up because you're, you're not hundred percent financed on everything. You got to have some down payments and different things. So yeah. um, as we reach that point, we quickly realized and in talking to people that there's plenty of people around the country that would love to, to purchase one of our rental properties uh, or one of our, let's call them rental rehabs, uh, which I wouldn't even call them that, but we'll circle back to that. Um, so that's what we did. We, we started offering homes for sale as we finished the renovation and uh, started getting connected to investors from around the country that uh, have 20% down payments and they want passive income. They don't want to rehab homes themselves. They don't want to property manage uh, and they're okay buying something in another state from where they live. Um, so as we tested the waters, we're like, okay, we're onto something here. This can really work uh, and found that there's a huge demand. Uh, we shifted again and that that's become our primary focus. So 90% of our energy and what we do is buying and renovating and selling the turnkey product. And then of course, uh, property managing afterwards. Um, so that, that's our, our, our huge focus. Um, and again, still some wholesale stuff going on and a flip here and there. And then our rentals are, they're really just in the property management world. Uh, we're not adding any new properties at the moment. It's, uh, you know, now that it's there, it's kind of on cruise control. So, so as far as the, the turnkey goes, so to some of our listeners who are listening who, who actually may not be familiar with the turnkey model, do you want to give us a kind of a high-level um, explanation as to, you know, why, it, it, first of all, why it's actually worth doing and to why there's such a large demand and, you know, what, what are you alleviating from these maybe um, out-of-state investors, maybe in-state investors, just to give us kind of like a, a, a high-level uh, view of, of how the business model works. Sure. So it, uh, in general, as a loose definition, a turnkey rental is a rental property that doesn't need any work and has a tenant in place or will have a tenant in place. That's like the very low bar that is kind of the definition of a turnkey. You don't have to do now anything. That's, already now there. that's after you've come into play and done all the work though, right? No, 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 no. This is just in general. Right. Right. What I'm going to say, uh, a CR turnkey is a higher level. So for us, it does, it's not that it doesn't need any work. It's actually that it's been fully renovated. And for us, it's with 99% of the time means it's a total gut renovation. Wow. So uh, our average, full disclosure, I'm a, I told you I'd be an open book. Our average renovation cost is a little over 75000 per house. Okay. We're taking homes built anywhere from early 1900s to 1950s that, and we're targeting the worst ones. So, you know, they haven't been updated. They don't have central air. They have old electrical systems. They have kitchens that might be 20 or 40 or 60 years old. I mean, they're, they're pretty rough. And we're, it's a brick structure though. So it's a rock solid structure. So we're going to come in and replace the roof, the windows, the doors, gutters, et cetera. And then on the inside, we're going to just rip everything out and run an all new HVAC system with central air and forced air heat and the proper returns. We're going to run all new electric, all new plumbing. Uh, We're not just going to update it. We're actually going to replace it all. Um, This way it's extremely consistent and predictable. And we know that it's done right because we've done it. 
that makes it easy. We've learned this, on, again, on our rentals, trial and error. We figured out the way to do it is just do it once, do it right. Uh, and, and if you do that, it's going to be a very consistent product on the back end, and that's going to protect your cash flow. That's the name of the game for us for rentals. It's all about the cash flow. So Absolutely. how do we achieve cash flow? We have a really nice property that people want to live in and has quartz countertops and stainless appliances and tile backsplashes and all the, the modern amenities. But not only that, there's no deferred maintenance. So we're not going to get whacked with um, an AC unit that's supposed to have 10 years of life left. How, how do you tell how much life an AC unit has left? But if it's brand new, you know that it has a lot of life left right. and you're not going to be replacing it in a year or four years. Yeah. Um, so your your that, forecasting is more or less consistent because you've had you you know the the, the type of equipment you're using the lifetime and right. you're doing everything the same every time. Yep, it's all it's all standardized. The only things that change, of course, would be layouts of individual homes can change, um, and we let our guys pick tile. So there's going to be different tile in every homes. Uh, they, you know they get a little flair to it, which is, makes it fun. Um, but other than that, it's going to be very consistent. All the floors are going to be either hardwood or vinyl plank. Uh, we're not putting carpet in, in the main living areas or the bedrooms because you're going to replace it on turnover every time. Um, so uh, appliances, are, we're typically getting the same Whirlpool packages, things like that. They're, they're stainless steel. Uh, they're always brand new. You know, we're not heading down to the used appliance store to pick something up at discount. Uh, it's all new. That's the way we think that it should be. So that's what turnkey means on the renovation. And then also on the back end, it's fully turnkey for our owners or buyers as well. They don't ever talk to a tenant. They don't have to market it. They don't have to do anything. We're, we're going to take care of all the paperwork. We're going to fully lease it. We're going to manage the tenant. Uh, we have a full-time maintenance staff. So anything that does go wrong, we're going to be there to take care of it. So for our people that live in California or Texas or even New York, which is not that far away, they don't have to worry. We, we, we're here. We have an office within 20 minutes of every property that we work on. And uh, we, we have, a, again, our own property scattered throughout these areas too. So we're in the area. Okay. So the, as you're giving me all this information, it's like, first of all, I'm familiar with it, but someone might be listening to it and say, okay, that sounds too good to, to be true. You mentioned cash flow. You mentioned everything is taken care of. The question we would have for you, and maybe you can give us an insight into your business model is why sell them? Sure. Uh, capital. I mean, at the end of the day, there's still rental properties and your traditional financing right now, even if it's non-conventional, uh, requires 20% down. So uh, at some point, you know, we're not, we don't grow money on trees as much as we wish that we could. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to, to continue to over leverage ourselves. Uh, not that we are over leveraged now, but we don't want to be over leveraged. In other um, words, so to our listeners, you're trying to take the $75,000 worth of rehab and anything that you had to do to acquire the property, you're trying to get that back out and put yep. it back to work again. Am I correct? Correct. That's correct. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. So I guess one of the questions I have for you, and that's really interesting in your market, right? You said we're in Baltimore. Am I correct? Yep. Um, what is the, you know, after repair value typically uh, for what you would sell this turnkey property at? And I'm assuming we're talking single family for those of us who are listening and just tuning in. Yeah, they are single family. Uh, actually, they're single family townhomes in our market. That's the, the housing stock. That's what is normal in our price point. Uh, on average, it's going to be between 150 and 160. As a broader whole, we'll, we'll sell properties worth between 140 and 200. But on average, you're going to be right between 150 and 160. Okay. And what are you uh, getting these properties at? At a discount, I'm assuming? And, and if so, how low are we talking for, for someone who's listening? Might be curious. 
Sure. Uh, of course, it depends on where you are and how good of a deal you get. Uh, I'd say on average, the price is probably going to be about 40000 but some are less, some are more, depending on the individual house. Uh, we have a full-time acquisitions department uh, that I oversee, and that's literally several people's jobs all day, every day is hunting for homes. So it's, uh, it's competitive. There's a lot of investors in the game and uh, sometimes it's speed, other times it's persistence, but uh, we're, you know, we're constantly chasing homes and chasing deals. What do you think, Xander, first of all, you're, thank you so much because you're giving us such a, such a great inside view of your business, which we do sure. appreciate. Um, and as we all know, it's, it's way harder to implement than it is to just talk about. Of course. Um, with that said, Xander, you know, what do you think, what vertical within your business, because it sounds like you have tons of vertical integration going on, which is fantastic. Which one do you find yourself, you had the most challenge of like putting in so that like, okay, this works or maybe one that you're still struggling with today as we speak? Um, oh, man, it's hard to pick just one. Uh, okay. Because I, I do feel, you know, mm. we have been constantly evolving, and not just in what we're focused on, but also trying to improve things along the way. So, um, you know, construction has, has been a challenge forever. Um, mm. Last year... Why is that? Yeah, why is that? Because uh, you're dealing with old homes and you're dealing with people. Uh, so the two very imperfect things. So uh, trying to manage that and manage it on a broader scale uh, mm. presents a, a lot of challenges because there's so many details on each property and uh, you have to try to manage them and, and make sure that everyone's on the same page. So um, last year we uh, committed to uh, a system called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. Uh, mm. We actually brought in a consultant to help us implement this. And it took a while. I mean, this is a months long thing to get it even up and running, uh, let alone then get everybody on board and make it a part of our everyday life. And I'm um, sorry, Xander, is that like a ERP? Like, is that like a CRM? Like, what are we talking about when you, when you say that? Because I'm not familiar with it. EOS, actually, let me see if I type it in Google, it might give me a better definition. <laughs> nice. Uh, Entrepreneur Operating System is, uh, hold on, let's see here. I'm looking for like a quick summary. What is it all about? In three words, real, simple results. It's a complete set of simple concepts and practical tool, tools that has helped thousands of entrepreneurs get what they want from their businesses. By mastering the simple way of operating, leadership teams of growth-oriented companies systematically and permanently improve. So it touches everything that we do. It, 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 in basic things, we created uh, an accountability chart, which okay, sounds so really it's, simple. It's like a, it's like a blueprint. I, I wasn't sure if it, to be honest, if it was like a, like a software oh, no. or if it was like a, like a blue, you know what I mean? So this is more there, of like a tangible, like it's actionable. a blueprint. Yeah. And, and there is some software involved uh, in terms of how we manage things, but um, it's so d- uh, accountability chart with departments with clearly defined roles, uh, then a leadership team as a result of that, um, so it allows, you know, a frontline employee might not be talking to, to me or Craig about a specific idea, but an idea that comes up from the department level then to the leadership level makes it much easier for people to really be heard and yeah. real change to happen. Um, it's also a structured set of meetings each week that are very purposeful. Not, there's a lot of meetings people have that are a total waste of time. Uh, but the way these meetings are structured and even broken down to how much time you should spend on each topic, uh, it, it's very productive every time. And mm. we've gotten great feedback to... from it. Yeah, you should check it out. I'm, I'm a huge yeah, fan. Yeah, so. sounds like uh, something I should definitely check out with the team here. That's, yeah. that's interesting. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll give a, a big shout out to uh, Gary Harper is who we worked with on, on getting this integrated. And he does a lot of work with other real estate companies. So uh, Dude, if you check Gary's him out. out here crushing it. Is he, it Gary he Keller, is, Gary V's, Gary Harper. Like, <laughs> call me Surreal. Ruben G. Kanye. I'm like, there Gary, I want to be on that team. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, that, okay. that got us introduced to a software called Asana. A-S-A-N-A. I know Asana very well. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we were, uh, not me, because this is not what I do, but uh, Brock, uh, who's our COO, uh, is very good with technology and systems and all that stuff. Uh, he's now got our construction totally into Asana. And I can click in from anywhere in the world and see the exact status of a property. I can even see whether the dry, just the drywall's up and it's painted or, or not. Um, I can see pictures. I can see the lockbox code. Um, I can see whether it's now behind. Based, like it can be you know, 20% into the renovation, but because we're only here at this point based on the start date, we're falling behind. We're probably going to miss our completion date. Uh, I can see who all the contractors are. So it centralizes everything and makes it very user-friendly and, and our guys can, can and do update it uh, in addition to their, their status update, which we have every week. So um, things like that have really changed our trajectory and just made us much more efficient. Um, so in other, in other words, your business has nothing to do with systems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but I think it's just fascinating because we come in here and, and there's, there's, there's definitely, you know, blueprints and traces and, 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 if you listen, what, what's so fascinating about what you're saying is, you know, every time you're, ma- you're taking that step forward, you're progressing along with a, with a system that, you, that, that allows you to scale because you have to, you can't rely on human nature. And, 100%. Um, I, I, again, it's, it's fascinating to hear and it's good to see. Um, and it's good to show people like the, the deep, like this is why we have the lab because it's, you know, there's a lot of, I guess, promotions of you know marketing that shows the end result you yeah. know but sometimes we miss out on the process and what it takes to get there um and it's and it's an ongoing thing right i mean you guys are you're still trying to fine-tune to this day i'm sure right uh, i mean every i don't say every week but probably every week you know you have that moment you're like what the f or what yeah. why like what what just happened why are you guys doing that uh, how can we mess this up it's constant so you know like you said, in you know, advertising, we're standing here on this podcast, it sounds like all of Rosie. I got to tell you, there's a, a ton of sleepless nights, uh, you know, a lot of pain, mista- mistakes. We just live and learn constantly. And unfortunately, we sometimes repeat mistakes, although we try not to. Yeah. Um, but there's been a ton of trial and error. Uh, yeah. and it's painful. Sometimes it's with people. That's awful. I mean, having yeah. to fire people sucks, but we, we've done it. Sometimes we've hired the wrong person. We didn't, we didn't do the right hiring process. Um, or sometimes we hire somebody and put them in the wrong seat. Uh, that's a big part of EOS is making sure, you know, right person, right seat. Sounds cliche, but mm, like it, makes a, it makes a huge difference. I mean, it, it really does. So We'll be right back. Um, t- tell me, Alexander, a little bit, of, like, uh, just a little bit without going too deep into it, but I'm, out of curiosity, how do you identify? Because I'm a big systems guy. I love systems. And again, it's never perfect. And you're always fine-tuning. But, you know, take us through your thought process of when you see something that might be broken or, or there might be an opportunity to make an enhancement, what is, what's going through your mind? How, is it how, you know, is it how you're assessing the problem? Is it after we, after it's already happened or is it while you're going through it? Like at what point do you, do you think that a change needs to be made? That's a great question. Um, now, well, let's put it this way. 
now with EOS, to harp on that again, part of what you do is you set up metrics for every department of the company and we measure them every single week. So let's focus on on market acquisitions. In our system, we need to walk, our estimator needs to walk 40 homes a week. And of those 40, we need to offer on 25 of them. And if we make 25 offers, we should buy anywhere between two and four homes. But we know if we're only walking 20 or 25 or 30 homes, like the, the metric says it go down, we're not going to hit them. So now we, we're pretty up to speed. Um, there's a book I read. I can't even think of the name of it because I'm not that good at reading. But uh, like lag indicators and lead indicators. Um, mm. A lag indicator is like after you've sold a house, you know, your, your final profit number, what you spent, well, it's a lag indicator. It's way too late. You can't change it now. But a lead indicator would be, um, you know, it could be the progress on the job or uh, your, your status of the job versus where you should be based on the, the start and the finish date. Uh, that's something you change every week. Um, so as you get into it now that we're where we are now, I think we catch problems a lot quicker than we did in the past. Uh, in the past, again, we would really look at stuff after we were finished and it was way too late to, to change it. You can't. It's already done. Um, so now it's, it's weekly. We, there's a lot of numbers that we kind of live and die by and we can get ahead of problems. So if I wasn't tracking it weekly, we could get to the end of July and be like, oh crap, we only bought two homes in July. What happened? Well, I don't know. Our estimator was off for a week. Uh, we, we weren't making offers, whatever. But now it's like in a week I can see it coming. Um, we can notice the trends and, and really see what's happening and then make adjustments. If if the estimator is going to be off, or that's not the best example, but if we need another set of hands over here to review more deals, we can adjust people, move them around, and, and get out ahead of it. Yeah. So, uh, it, first of all, it's so fascinating because, again, you're focusing on uh, – you're talking about the process, again. Um, and, and I think, um, you know, and, and when you said that, it reminded me of one of the quotes. It's like, you know, don't focus on the outcome, focus on the process. And if you focus on the process, then you will yeah. get the outcome, right? Yeah. And you're focusing on how many homes you're walking, not how many homes you're closing. And yep. that evidently, because you know your ratios, will dictate how many homes you close on, yep. um, which I think is just so important. Uh, wow, Alexander, this is great. So you know, question, I, I want to go circle back to how you got here, because obviously sure. things are rolling. By the way, show that logo up. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> down. There you go. Show the people. Yeah. CR of Maryland. That's really cool because it looks like the colors of like, is it the Maryland? It is. Yeah, University? It's Maryland flag. Yeah. Well, it's actually okay. the the state oh, okay. flag. Which is it the uh, state flag? People are very passionate about the state flag in Maryland. Yeah, yes. smooth, man. We're gonna make sure we're gonna give our team yeah, there you go. banners. <laughs> make sure the banners are gonna be that color when this thing comes out. You got uh, it. We'll create a lot of snippet plug to invested talent. Um, there you go. Anyways, so that's awesome. But I want to circle back on something that I'm very uh, passionate about and that we're very conscious of here. Uh, sure. Experiment, experiment nation. Uh, we know that we can't do things alone. Uh, it sounds like you kickstarted this relationship with Craig. Um, you want to talk about, you mentioned a partnership and I don't want you to get out and escape the lab without talking about how that happened. Cause I, I, I always, I, I'm going to make an assumption here, but I'm going to assume that you came to Craig with something and Craig had something to offer. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Because I think yeah. that's really important that we anchor that. Yeah. So I'll give you the full story. I, uh, I finished college in 2011. 
Um, I actually got a criminology degree, uh, which in hindsight, I probably wouldn't get that degree again, but I had no intentions of even getting into business. So I finished college. The job market was pretty tough at the time. You know, we're coming out of 2008. It hadn't really gone up yet. And uh, my parents were about to list their house for sale. Called local broker. Uh, she comes out and she's sitting there talking to him. And she's like, well, what are you up to? I'm like, I just got home I'm looking for a job. She goes, well, why don't you come work for me? You can be my assistant. Uh, you can learn the business, get your license. You might make some commission and see what happens. I'm like, okay, I got nothing else to do. She's like, I'll pay you 40 grand a year. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, I've never made 40 grand in my life. Let's do it. So I knew nothing about real estate at this point. Um, I quickly learned a ton about the business, which I was very fortunate. Um, I also learned she was a really, really tough boss. And there was a reason that that seat had been vacated and had been vacated many times. Um, I dealt with that. Okay. I also learned I was not cut out for admin. I'm not an admin person. I'm not good at like paperwork and details. I hate that. I'd rather talk to people and make deals. So, um, I learned a ton, um, and I wasn't cut out for the position long-term. So I did for about a year, uh, close to it. And we mutually agreed like, okay, I think, I think you're ready. Like it's time for you to just be an agent. You're standalone, go off a salary. You can make whatever commission you make. Like you're ready. You've, you've learned a lot. All right. And, was, and was that going to be, I'm sorry, was that going to be under her or was she going to be no, your broker? She, or how's that I was affiliated with her brokerage, but I'm not working for her and working for myself at this point. Okay. Um, so uh, I, did that again, for, very fortunate that I got to see and learn a lot of things in that year because uh, high volume business going on and et cetera. So um, I'm there uh, being an agent for a year, year and a half. And she calls me one day. She's like, Hey, uh, be, be, make sure you're at the office next Tuesday. I've got a guy coming. I just want you to meet. Um, come to find out that's Craig, my now partner. And Craig was coming to her uh, to grow the Maryland business. He had grown the initial business in Pennsylvania where he worked, although he lived in Maryland, um, and now was ready to grow it in Maryland. So uh, Craig had an existing business in PA, but had really no business in Maryland. But of course, he had money. Um, I was a young, hungry, at this point, 23 or 4 years old uh, agent that uh, was experienced enough I could you know, work my way through deals. I didn't need help on anything and ready to pound the streets and, and work 24 seven. So uh, that's how it started. Next thing I know it's me and Craig with one project manager. We were in this tiny little brick house of an office. It was kind of funny looking back and uh, that's how it started. So now, you know, eight years later, whatever it is, uh, we have 2016 members, uh, you know, fuel in our homes under management and uh, here we are. So uh, the big, wow. I learned a lot of things on this journey. But one thing I'd like to say I, I really learned was not to burn bridges. Um, a lot of people, when they stopped working for that broker, you know, gave her some attitude or, or whatever. And I was like, it, it just, I, I wasn't meant to work for you forever, and it, but it's okay. We maintained a good relationship. And even today I, I could call her, she would answer, we would have a great conversation. Um, and she introduced me to Craig and it was a warm introduction. Uh, and then again, luckily, Craig and I matched up very well. Similar personalities, uh, slightly different age. Uh, he wouldn't. He doesn't like me to say that, but uh, he's a little bit older than I am. And uh, and I brought young energy and tenacity and a willingness to do anything. And he brought a good amount of knowledge. Already had a good experience, and of course the the funds. And then we combined that energy. And again, luckily, it worked out. Um, you know, we've certainly had our days where we've really butt heads. And uh, some days we joke that like we're brothers, other days we joke that it's father, son, and other days we're like, we're going at it, but it's worked really well uh, over the years. So wow, that, very fortunate. 
that first of all, that's so fascinating because um, when you're talking, I'm like grabbing onto these gems and I'm trying to like make sure they don't slip <laughs> through the cracks. And one of the things that I noticed is, hey, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will come. And you, if I want to compile that with uh, not burning any bridges, I truly believe that you're only one connection away. Uh, yeah. You're one introduction away. Right? 100%. And, you know, whether it's us, you know, from this podcast or down the road, and I can say that because it's happened personally, very similar to you. I uh, had a broker where, you know, she was a multifamily and, I, you know, that's kind of like, I was kind of like my, I did open houses for her. Like, yeah. it's crazy. It's just how it, it falls into your lap, but it doesn't fall into your lap. It's all the work that you've been putting in. Like you had to learn for a year. You had to, you know, shake hands. You had to create great relationships. And then she felt that you were worthy enough to have an introduction, which right. again, with no expectation, maybe it could have led to something or maybe it didn't, but it did, right. yep. um, which is, which is uh, fascinating. And another thing I think sometimes people like Craig um, see a little bit of themselves in you. Right. Sure. And, and I think that's uh, really important anytime of like-minded individuals or you're a young hustler and you're listening to this. Um, it's, you know, you always have something to offer, whether it's the energy, whether it's the fact that you're there in the location. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's fascinating, which I think it's interesting because when you bring out all these core values, it shows in your business, how it reflects today, right? How you're able 100%. to be yeah. an asset to your, to your clients. So, so, so kudos to you, man. That's awesome. Um, Thank you. Let's let's get into the core rapid fire questions because, look, I could spend so much time with individuals <laughs> like you uh, because I appreciate you. your hustle. I appreciate your um, integrity and, and your ability to just – you're a charismatic guy, and I can see why you guys are, are, are striving. I do want to circle back real quick before transition to core rapid fire questions. Is you mentioned, uh, you know, you were boots on the ground. Uh, did, um, out of curiosity, did Craig bring his systems and team over, or did you guys build out – build that out in Maryland was there a transition between Pennsylvania um, and Maryland the or? only thing and initially in the beginning just the bookkeeping was being done in PA but that was short-lived and and uh, the other thing would be systems uh, were pretty lacking to say the least so <laughs> when we started man it was looking back I don't even know how we functioned I mean we were just like running on notepads um, yeah. and it was a breakthrough when we decided to have our project managers at the end of every Friday, they would send a Microsoft Word document with the status of their jobs. That was like revolutionary. Uh, I still remember <laughs> that. So, you know, when I look at where we are now with the technology we used to then, I mean, we were archaic. So, um, but that being said, you know, there's a lot to be said for, for good people and people that are, are working hard and doing the right things. Uh, yeah. So you can still get by, but man, when you have good people and good systems, it's like it, that's where the, the growth really hits. So, yeah. Sounds like steroids to me, man. Uh, <laughs> I like it. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Core rapid fire question. So you mentioned you don't perhaps read a lot. Is it, do you listen to audiobooks? Is there something favorite or consumption that's out there that helps you kind of just, you know, you seem to be, a, not seem to be, you're clearly a driven guy. You're very well tuned to what you're good at, what you're not. Is there anything that has uh, been reson resonated with you as of late? via book or audiobook or podcast? Yeah, I do like audiobooks. Um, that works better for me. I have eight, I had ADHD growing up. I think technically I still have it. Uh, so it's really hard for me to like sit down for a while and just do one thing. I'm kind of always bouncing around. You're doing fantastic uh, by the way. They, I, you know, it's hard. Like I, I'm, I'm actually shuffling cards in my hand. Like I literally cannot sit still. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm talking on the phone. I'm like wandering around the house every time. So that sounds like me too. 
Yeah. So um, <laughs> audiobooks are preferred for me, but again, I, I can only do it in some some you know brief periods of time. Um, but uh, any yeah. good ones out there in particular? Um, I mean, there's there's definitely a, a bunch. Uh, okay, so one book that I was in right before the pandemic hit was Tipping Point, and uh, that's a really good one. And oddly, I le- I was like educating people. I'm like, well, this is how it works in a pandemic because I learned it from the book. <laughs> um, but it's also true for business. There's a lot of you know really good yeah. lessons and stories in there. And that's the- not Malcolm Glad. No, it's not. Who wrote the Tipping Point? That's a good book. Yeah, I'd we'll, have to we'll, look, but we'll I include I, it in the show notes. We'll yeah, I like that guys. one. Um, I just started good to great. I have not, I honestly just started it. So uh, I've heard good things about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, Hmm. I mean, there's a bunch of other ones trying to think. No, that's Um, good. I just want a few gems. It sounds like that's that's good. I like that. I'm not going to kick you down that rabbit hole. (laughs) All right. I have to walk Uh, over to the bookshelf because I actually do have some hard copies there. I could tell you some more, but (laughs) no sweat, no sweat. Oh, Besides man. shuffling cards under the desk. Oh, go ahead. You got something for us? You got a gem. There's, got a there's gem. one other book that I love. I got to pull it up because I can't think of the name. Uh-huh. It's um, So it was written by the, the trainer of Michael Jordan for, for many, many yes. years. Tim Grover. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's the name of the book? You know it. Uh, it's, not lim- it's not Limitless? I don't know. It might be Limitless, I, something like that. We'll have, to, we'll have to include it in the show notes. I, I heard him speak at a conference. He was, he was fascinating. Like when you train those kind of minds, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, it's just like. That book is stuff. awesome. It just makes yeah. you think like that, or, you know, that Saturday morning, you don't feel like getting up and doing work. You, you lay in bed for a couple hours. And I won't use some of the language I use, but you're like, what are you doing? Like, this, yeah. is, where, this is where you win and lose. Like right now, get up Absolutely. and get to work. So uh, I, I, love, I love that book. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that's that's great. I like that last gem there. Well, I'll get my hands on that because I haven't read it, uh, but I know I know who Tim is, and he's a, yeah. he's a bad he's a bad man, y'all. He's he's a beast. There's some great um, stories in there too from uh, from the NBA from the and back in the day, athletes yeah. and wow, crazy shit. But yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. So anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say besides you know again knowing yourself, shuffling cards under the desk. Uh, but what's the best habit that serves you every day? You think to help you kind of excel throughout your day um so recently being you know since i started working from home yeah. um there's less you you work remote more so for me there was always a boundary when i was at the office or you know out in the field or, or a mix of both but being home i'd be working and working and work next to you it's like eight o'clock so i've really learned i gotta stop at whether it's five or five thirty and just take a break go work out uh, have dinner with my girlfriend. Uh, then you can jump back on the computer and do some more stuff. So um, trying to be disciplined and make myself uh, yeah. stop work and, and take care of myself and, and just give my brain a break for a minute. Um, that has been really healthy for me. Uh, so that's yeah. a, a recent habit or ritual, so to speak, that has been really good for me. That's a big one. Like knowing to say no and knowing to stop is actually discipline in itself. Uh, yeah. Uh, trust me, I, I'm guilty of it too, and I'm working on that. Yeah. Um, out of all the verticals, an umbrella in your business, which one, if you had to pick one, you say, hey, listen, man, this is the only thing you can do. Which one would you pick on the real estate under your real estate umbrella? Um, I mean, for me, it's it's rental properties. I think uh, it's, it'll, it'll, it already has changed my life substantially, but it'll be something that, that I look back on, you know, I don't know when I'm 50 or something be like, that was the defining moment that really changed the trajectory of my whole life. 
and I'm really fortunate and glad that I got in when I did and how everything worked um, because it, it really it just gives you such a foundation to do other things and you can grow it or you can just keep it where it is and it'll be nice and steady. Um, but there's, there's a lot of different things you can do inside of the space and uh, really create obviously wealth, which is uh, a nice Avenue, but you can also have an impact on people when you provide quality housing and quality management. Uh, there's enough slumlords in the world um, when people really appreciate that you treat them right and you respond and, and take care of issues uh, and provide a, a quality house. So uh, it has a deeper impact than just, you know, obviously it's nice to make money, but business is deeper than that. It, it's about the community and the people and, and we can do that through housing. So uh, it's a really cool thing to me um, that I love about the business. Excellent. Um, that's really good. So I guess, what is the next thing for you and NCR um, moving forward? Uh, what, what do you What do you think is the next step for you guys? Is it multifamily? Is it you know doubling down on a portfolio? Is it you know extending your property management to you know other areas? I mean, what 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 does that look like for you? I, I mean, turnkey is definitely our. Uh, future, when I say short term, the long, actually, you know, three to five years in this world is long term. Um, so yeah, turnkey is the is the future. I do see us expanding to another market. Um, mm. Not this year, it's probably next year or the year after. Um, so I think that's like the next step is really branching out even further. But in the meantime, uh, we can add and will add uh, over 150 properties a year that we've renovated and sold to turnkey owners and now manage. So we'll, we'll quickly be uh, on our way to a thousand homes under management in Baltimore, which is pretty cool. That is fascinating. And at a quick high level, I got to tie a question to that. What does sure. it look like when you try to expand to another market? What do you think is going to be the maybe top three things that you guys are looking for? Uh, man, that's a great question. So uh, here, you know, the numbers work well. Uh, so the classic rent to sale price ratio lines up very well. Uh, there's a big demand. So we'll probably look for very similar economic demographics to what we have in Baltimore. So uh, you have a huge working class population and you have an older housing stock. So there's just a limited supply with a huge demand. Um, it's also, you know, it's a good economy. It's on the coast, has a, the big port. It's less than an hour from DC. We, we get a ton of jobs and things that feed off of that. Um, it's a strategic spot for like Amazon and, and any kind of distribution company because they land, air, and sea are all right here. Um, so it's just, just, it's an economic powerhouse. So I don't think we'll stray far from this general area, um, but looking for an area that we, you know, we can find homes that need a lot of work and uh, then rent them out hopefully pretty easily and get a good number. That's fascinating. Thank you so much, Xander, for stemming to the lab. Where can people find out more about what you and your empire are doing out there? CR of Maryland, you guys check them out. Where else can we go and find out more about you? Yeah, I mean, to our website, uh, crmaryland.com. Full disclosure, we are in the process of starting a total web redesign. It'll probably take 90 days, I'm sure. But uh, so right now, uh, you can click it. There's a lot of stuff on the site. Uh, you can click a tab that says Turnkey Investments. It'll click you over to the Turnkey page where you can sign up to learn more. You can also view our past projects on there. Uh, it's fun to click through pictures. You can also look at numbers on there, which is fun too. Um, so that, that's one way. You can also always email me directly at alexander at crofmaryland.com. Uh, Maryland is spelled out, and the word of is in between the CR and Maryland. So uh, I'm always reachable there. love to talk to people. love to chat about 
uh, our market and what we're doing and also like to hear about other markets too. So uh, anybody can always feel free to reach out. Absolutely. Expansion is on the rise. We'll be looking out for that. The CR Maryland. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe somebody, yeah, maybe they have, they have an opportunity for us. So uh, create another bridge. That's right. That's it. Just like that, Xander, we are out. If you're a real estate professional, a real estate agent, a real estate investor, a lender, a multifamily syndicator, a contractor, you name it, and you're looking to grow your online presence, but you have no idea how to get started or simply don't have the time, at Invested Talent, we help real estate professionals extend their current business to social media. Why is this important? Without this, you wouldn't be listening to this show and your own host, Ruben Kanya, and his team would not have done deals they've done today. As a matter of fact, Social media has helped us keep this show together, which now exceeds a billion dollars worth of real estate from our guests collectively. That's right. Our reputation, opportunities, partnerships, and most importantly, real estate transactions were started directly from social media. If you're a real estate professional and you lack an existence on a media platform, Invested Talent can help. Simply go to investedtalent.com forward slash social media and make sure you click the get in touch button to get in touch with our team. Again, that's investedtalent.com forward slash social media and get in touch with our team. You focus on being the brand and we'll help you build it. Now, if you know anything about the lab, you know that we like to give practical advice. So if you feel that this podcast was of any value to you, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes by going directly to the podcast app. From the show's page, scroll all the way down and leave us a review. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe by clicking the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Lastly, and most importantly, share this episode with a friend you feel will benefit this episode the most. Remember, There's a you and I in build. Let's build, y'all.